Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, as always, joined by my co-host, the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. Uh, welcome to the dog days of the summer. Is that a normal expression or is that like a baseball sports expression? I've definitely heard it before. Um, I like I, I heard it growing up and then I remember there was a diary of a wimpy kid book that was called The Dog Days of Summer or something like that. All right. Let's uh, say it's did, a normie term. Ever, did you ever read those? Do you was that around us know. our time? Uh, that it was um here's the thing, Christian. Didn't read. Yeah. Didn't read as a kid. Yeah. Um didn't read for a while. No, I um th- there was Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Captain Underpants. Those mm-hmm. were sort of like the two, the Scholastic Book Fair came around. I don't know if they did this, but they rolled in that cart or they had that VHS tape where they're like, here's the trailer of all the books that are going to be at the Scholastic Book Fair. And those are were, those were always the headliners. Yeah, I uh, I remember for sure exactly all that stuff. Um, the one that always stood out to me, because again, we're going to talk about comics today. So funny enough, it was a graphic novel, uh, Bone. Did you ever read Bone? Mm, no, let me look that up. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Dude, Bone was like f***ed up for a kid's thing. Like it mm. it had some art in there that definitely like stuck with me. Okay. So, me... what was like the gist of this thing? Oh, I see. It was oh, like like a dark fantasy adventure thing about this character who was just a bone, like an anthropomorphic bone. Yeah. It was okay. really cool, but um definitely The art looks strange. really familiar. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That's odd. So, anyway, Marvel is a thing that exists. <laughs> we're um, in like the speaking of Hangover again. We're in like the Hangover after the announcements of San Diego Comic Con. So it mm-hmm. feels like, like what's even going on at this point? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because this tone and energy is the same thing that myself and mike connors have dealt with with jedi knights our star wars show because yeah there's been nothing since celebration um and andor got pushed till september yeah so you guys uh, must be like what's happening yeah so i think we're actually recording later today i think we're going to talk about that trailer and the delay but that's like all that we got lined up so fantastic trailer by the way I still haven't watched it. I was going to wait to watch Whoa. it until like right before we recorded. So All right. Yeah, you got to watch it. Gotta yeah, watch I'm excited. It. I'm, I'm excited. If you told me in the beginning of the year or like before Boba Fett that Andor was going to be, I think, the best looking show released for Star Wars on Disney Plus, I would not have believed you. But like even the first trailer that they showed, I was like, whoa, what? This is really surprising. For sure. And Andor is kind of relevant because uh, one of our stories for later in the episode is a direct result, I believe, of Andor. But before we get to any of that stuff, Jack, let's talk about Marvel's Avengers. What's going on in the game this week? So let's crack open Fury's report. First up, the Tachyon Anomaly is the event running this week. So from today as a recording, August 4th through August 11th, you'll be able to run the Tachyon Anomaly missions. There's a daily quest that will get you 500 additional units for completing it. Shipments. Shipments are back uh, with an Iron Man 3 Mark 42, I think, mm-hmm. or Mark 43. Um, 
It's the gold one. It's the really cool gold one on the sofa from Iron Man 3 that is back as a shipment. And Crystal Dynamics has been so generous because currently, from now until the 18th when the shipment is this specific suit, shipments are going to be half off. So rather than 100 to roll, you're going to be able to get one for 50. So I, what is the math? What is the math on the maximum amount of shipments you have to roll to fully completely guarantee you're getting this suit is it 100 or 200 uh for oh for this one it's 50 now no sorry i mean because remember it's like if you 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 get stuff from every shipment but the, yes. the the highlighted thing will drop guaranteed with x out of what 100 oh, well, openings i think it, it used to be 100 and okay. now this is saying that I think it's because it's a repeat. And I found that out because I, I opened the game. I was like, oh, sweet. Let me get the Iron Man one. Oh, um, okay. it's a repeat. So now 50 opens will 100% get you. And I've never gotten one of these before the maximum amount. Um, but if you open 50 shipments, you will 100% get um, the Iron Man suit on the 50th open if you don't get it before. Thank you. I'm stupid. I thought they were cutting the cost in half. Oh, yeah. No, so it's still 250 units, gotcha. the Green Boys. Okay. Yeah, so 250 units times 50 opens. You're spending 12500 Okay. I might be able to swing that. I know I've been a, a broke units boy since uh, I missed out on that megaton they gave everybody, so... This one I might be able to do. Yeah. I So I actually jumped into the game for the first time in probably months at this point, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get the Jane, like, intro. You know, like, the the Spider-Man intro we got? Yeah. Like, the animated one? And the one... The, they have the Jane intro that they released, like, on YouTube or whatever. I think that's supposed to be in the game, but I didn't get it. So I was like, that's a little weird. And I just went up to the war table and picked Jane and I walked around as her with like no fanfare. And I was running up to characters like trying to get her to talk. She wasn't talking. And I was like, what is going on? Does she not have a voice actor? It turns out she does. I, I think she just talks more like when she's the passive character in the helicarrier and you walk up to her because then mm. you can like interact with her and she'll have a conversation. So that was all well and good. Didn't actually like play the, the game really. I just kind of went around the helicarrier. I uh, was going to do the Iron Man 3 shipment thing, but I guess I'd already done that. So I was like, well, <laughs> this is a waste, and just booted off the game. Fair. Uh, so I did get it when I logged in. Well, because initially I had the same problem. I logged in, I did not get it. But I was also, it was the first time I logged in since the, I think, 5.3 or whatever. Um so I got the Fury cutscene the first time running through. It's like, oh, Fury's back, and this is the change to the war table. And I think that, like, negated the Jane cutscene from triggering. Right. So I believe the second time I logged in after that, I did see the Jane cutscene. It was either that or it was the same session when I did play as her. And then I walked into pick up Mjolnir, and then I did it, and then the cutscene played. It was either one of those two things. So it was either the okay. second boot up, or the the uh, the hammer. But I don't think the hammer triggers it specifically. It could have just been random. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is she from 
she's from like a different universe right she kind of yes. just got sucked that i feel like <laughs> we need to bring more attention to that because that is pretty profound like i feel like that is the first instance of that in this marvel's avengers universe um and obviously like there's not a lot of fanfare around her character like there's no operation so they don't really delve into that so it's just kind of funny that they're like yep this is jane and by the way she's from a different universe yeah it's very strange like if it was any other scenario i think that conversation would be so much more exciting because it's like oh they could pull in things that like maybe are like guest character maybe we get like peter quill from the guardians game because it's multiverse stuff Maybe we get other guest characters, but like, no, it's it's probably just because they didn't have a Jane Foster or maybe they referenced Jane Foster in the comics. So like it would have not made sense in their universe. So like it was an easy out. No strings attached. OK, Jane, we know Jane. We as an audience know Jane. We don't have to establish her in this universe to b- build up to that. There you go. You know? Yeah, it's a little odd, but. It's it just like the circumstance of her not having an operation and just kind of be in there. Yeah. And she is also from the multiverse. That's just, it's funny. It's funny to me. Definitely. Uh, speaking of Thor's, there is triple XP again from today as a recording to August 11th for Thor. So if you're running, what, uh, your, your tacky on anomaly daily quests for these units to open up your shipments to get your Iron Man skin, play as Thor, you'll reap the benefits threefold so what's going on in the marketplace um more horniness christian Mm -hmm. more horniness um the swim trunk thor swim trunk uh well all of these are really in the uh marketplace right all the sunny days outfits are kind of all in there maybe iron man's is not yet okay so it's just thor right now and then iron man's yes i I haven't checked. I think Black Widow might still be available, but yeah. they're doing the staggered rollout. So I imagine next week we'll probably get Iron Man and then they'll probably be featured for a week after that. And then we'll get gotcha. something else. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is like kind of the first time they've had multiple character like themed drops in a while. Remember they used to do those and be like, what is going on with these? And yeah, then it just quietly disappeared. This is there, like the return of that. There's still some we never saw fully, I think right yeah like some that were leaked yeah like i'm thinking of the uh the clint barton western shirt you know and some of those things hulk with a cowboy hat i don't know if that was real or if you made that up but yeah dude yeah yeah i can't remember if this is a mandela effect did they ever have like a western like cowboy themed week or two i think they started (laughs) to because like the, the costumes definitely leaked and then i think there was like a a road hog at captain america that was like oh maybe this is his version of the western thing and it's just sort of like southwest america is the theme not necessarily cowboys but mm. i don't know yeah I, I i'm struggling to remember at this point yeah uh, i'm gonna research a little bit but we also have another sale running through the marketplace nameplates through the 11th are half off and there's also continuing 50 percent off uh skips and activations for here challenge cards so if you're uh tired of grinding out your challenge card for a character you want that level 50 or level 40 ultimate skin half off drop some money you'll, you'll get it 
instant gratification jack that's what these gamers always want these days sure i get that um christian quick vibe check on this game (laughs) it seems like vibes are at an all-time low i mean personally i i haven't been playing it much however a friend of the show omar nakvi uh he was saying that he wanted to play the war for wakanda expansion so i was like dude say when i'll i'll drop in with you i'll play through it because just giving me some reason to have an excitement about this game again and like motivating me to do something i'm like oh yeah if i was playing with a friend i would absolutely run through it so like i still enjoy the game it's just the motivation i think is at an all-time low currently uh for me at least what about you um it's definitely the motivation i feel no real motivation to play the game really at any point um i mean talk about like recycling content like they just keep doing the same events over and over which like i i understand but that doesn't make me interested in wanting to go back and actually play that like if they had new events that were going on um that weren't just the 2021 events then i would be much more interested to actually like go in and uh keep playing the game but there's just and i feel like the communication as well um maybe it's because of like the uh acquisition Mm -hmm. like that probably plays a really big part to it but it just feels like there's nothing really on the horizon that we can expect and and that's been pretty difficult for the past year because it has been throughout all of 2022 aside from jane and like a few like bug fixes here and there there's just been very little news about the game for sure i do think something that is um hope inspiring is like following some of the developers on twitter uh like uh brian wagner the other day tweeted about getting in the booth to like like lead a vo session for some people so new vo maybe for a character or an event or an expansion like the game is still very much being worked on i remember there was recently the um the hawkeye actor was in the booth saying that he was recording for avengers so like they're still working on stuff things are still cooking for this game that are i'd say substantial to some degree based off of what we've had so far this year uh at least when it comes to maybe having some story elements involved so yeah i'm with you i think currently dead time but i haven't given up yet you know once we get a firmer idea when the embracer group acquisition closes uh i think within the next couple weeks maybe then we'll have a better idea about the future of this game and what to expect out of it but yeah i definitely i definitely hear you for sure yeah it's just it's hard to be like what is even happening with this game like what 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 can we expect in the next aside from like the same events as well as like discounts here and there like what is actually like the future of the game Mm -hmm. just very unclear right now yeah so we will absolutely stay tuned we will see what's coming up we will see the future of this game but meanwhile forgot to throw this on the dock there was another development in this jeff grubb rumor ea black panther uh second ea developed marvel game partnership that we talked about last episode and the development is that this may be the second ea game 
an Iron Man game. What does this do for you, Jack Martin, Iron Man main in Marvel's Avengers? Oh, makes me very excited. Makes me very excited. I love a game where you can just fly around. Yep. And we don't have a lot of those, I feel. Yep. So this would be pretty great. I felt like Iron Man played pretty great in Marvel's Avengers. It's nothing like that'll blow your socks off, but it was fun. And that was part of the reason why I played as him. I like to fly around. Same with Thor. Those two are kind of my back and forth mains. So, yeah, this really excites me. Obviously, there are no neat detail, <laughs> details about this, and this is, like, kind of a rumor. Uh, what you jumped to, what Kevin Diaz jumped to, what a lot of people jumped to was Anthem, uh, created by EA and uh, Bioware, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that game pretty much featured a Iron Man-like flight system. So, I mean, they have that engine, I'm sure, EA. And maybe it would be something similar to that. So that'd be pretty cool. I, It's funny you say that. I believe Anthem was on the Frostbite engine. So, Oh, all right. Um, Never mind. Never mind. Don't want that. You know, though, because like I, I played some of the Anthem Alpha, I think. And I was like, wow, like control wise, that game plays great. It is so much fun to fly around and shoot things in Anthem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I've heard people say. Yeah, I did not get the full release. I did not buy it. It's dirt cheap now, and it's also available on Game Pass. Oh, so that's cool. Li- listen, it might be worth hopping in there, fly around, and get a proof of concept of what this Iron Man game could be. And there's also customization, and you can very easily make the Ranger class, which is like the the standard like exosuit looking thing, red and gold, so easily. So like you can you can even load in there, Jack, and basically pretend that you're playing a pre-alpha build of this Iron Man game, because I guarantee you it will feature some of the mechanics from Anthem. Because Anthem was gonna get repurposed with Anthem Next, got canceled. So like whether it be people who worked on that game that might still be around at EA or literally I don't know, just the physics that they had in mind i i think there's probably it makes sense if you hear ea is making a iron man game after looking at anthem so definitely worth checking out if you uh are so inclined i think yeah it's a good call that's pretty much all the details we have about this but i mean that gets me very excited if this ends up being true yeah and i think as a wider games industry thing just looking at ea like where where Activision and Ubisoft have faltered, EA has risen to the occasion, man. <laughs> yeah, they have like quietly begun to rebuild them their brand image in a very positive light. Like even they still have games like Apex, uh, which is should all in, intents and purposes should be one of those like oh microtransactions like what are they doing with this free to play? But it just kind of worked at the end of the day and no one was really i think at the time that was just sort of the state of and now still is like the state of free-to-play games like no one really cares too much about the microtransaction business Mm -hmm. um or if they do they just don't play the game but like those games are very successful but now they have like jedi fallen order and like a lot of single player games so yeah i mean it's been really interesting that ea has been like the most hated company which i think has always been overblown um for years and now has quietly begun to reverse that 
Yeah, dude. Uh, so seeing or hearing that they're getting their hands on Marvel now, like I get the the start for Star Wars was rocky, but I, I tweeted this out. Looking ahead to the next couple years of Star Wars games, the one I'm the most excited for and the one that I think is actually going to come out and let alone like be good, just flat out come out is the EA Star Wars game. So like... Yep. I feel good about them tackling this stuff right now. Uh, obviously, we're not going to know until we see something and get our hands on it, but I, I'm with you. I think the EA hate was a little bit overblown. Um, they ob- I get absolutely, it, buddy. yeah. There are worse companies in the world. <laughs> like, it was like compiled, not even like in the video game industry, it was like any company. And it's like, all right, there are much worse companies than EA, but I get it. Yeah, for sure. And like, listen, you're. You're talking to somebody right now who I did not finish it, but I really enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda. I didn't really get any bugs outside of a couple stutters. Uh, I I love Battlefront 2 in the year 2022. I loved Battlefront 1 when it launched. So, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're in an okay position. And obviously Marvel Games has had some great successes and some not so great uh, stumbles with some of their partnerships. So... I don't see the harm in partnering with EA, especially at this point in time. So, I'll tell you what, and you kind of alluded to it. If they said Ubisoft, Iron Man, I would be not interested. Sure. <laughs> or not as interested. Like, Ubisoft has a very defined formula. It, pretty much every game follows it that they make. And I'm just not... I don't play Ubisoft games anymore because they're like the same game, in my opinion. So there are a lot of the, the different aspects of those games are very similar so they're kind of hard to differentiate in my mind mm-hmm. um so i feel like ea makes a lot has much more of a diverse catalog of video games so this would be cool hopefully hell yeah well in addition to that meanwhile we've been hearing a lot of information about the mcu this past week i'm calling this jack phase six leak week because mm. every single thing with the exception of one of these bullet points is a leak or a tidbit of a mcu project that was not slated that De- so definitely not phase five probably phase six filling out that uh what was it eight projects left unclaimed after comic-con Mm-hmm. sure sounds right so uh let's save the non-relevant phase six league week story to the end but okay first up um th- this one seems a bit less guaranteed but ryan reynolds on his instagram page posted a picture in the gym with his trainer the caption he might have had some words, but it led with a red circle emoji and twin swords clashed against each other. So, yeah, clearly this is a uh, free guy, too. Right. That's what he's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Him and Joe Curie are in the, uh, the gym working together. Yeah. But yeah, Deadpool three. Right. It's been thrown around a lot for a while now. And they just put a uh, I'm blanking on the director's name, but the guy that did free guy. Mm, I don't know if I know that. He's Ryan Reynolds' buddy. He's the producer of Stranger Things. Uh, Sean Levy? Levy? Sean Levy, yeah. Sean Levy's directing Deadpool 3, so... Gotcha. This is for Deadpool, right? Like, that's probably gonna hit in Phase 6, right? Yeah, it has to. This is probably within the next two or three years, right? Yeah. 
I mean, when does Phase 6 start? Phase 6 starts November of 2024. That's kind of crazy to I think know. about. Uh, that's so soon. So, yeah, it's probably a 2025 movie, I would say. Yeah, is there an unmarked February date? Because it's probably Ooh. this. Could, yeah, could be. Remember the first movie, like, came out on Valentine's Day, and it was, like, one of the most successful R-rated releases at the time? Yeah, man. I I love both these movies. I know 2 gets a bit more of, like, a wishy-washy, depending on who you ask, but... I'm excited for three. I, I think the gap is probably just only going to help it after two sort of had that division amongst uh, the reception, right? Mm, yeah. I I like two. Yeah. Two is enjoyable. Yeah. So. And Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, very similar guy to uh, who plays Venom? Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. They're both... I think they're both producers on these movies, but even if they're not, they are both very much into the characters. Like they, Ryan Reynolds is very much like ingrained in Deadpool and like the direction of the character. So I, I'm glad he's getting another stab at this. I feel like if Disney didn't buy Fox, this movie would have already been out by now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. Um, I'm also curious to see because obviously like coming into the mcu deadpool is going to have so much more opportunity to like it's a comedy it is very fourth wall breaking there's a lot of opportunity for what could happen uh what could be done in this movie so i i wonder if they position this as the final deadpool movie or if this is like sort of the start of a new not trilogy per se, but, like, uh, sort of how, like, Ragnarok came out and it didn't really act like the end of a trilogy. It was like, oh, this is, like, the new identity and we're probably going to make a trilogy out of this sort of thing. Sure, yeah, and I'd imagine he's going to start popping up more, have, like, smaller appearances throughout different movies going forward. The new Stanley cameo, Jack. We got to make it happen. You've been pushing that. I feel like that's a really good, that'd be really funny. I hope so. You can do a lot of funniness with that. I truly, truly hope so. Uh, Not necessarily funny as much as interesting. Uh, Director Mohamed Diab and Oscar Isaac have been spotted in Cairo, and they are teasing Moon Knight Season 2. Are you surprised? No, I'm not. It's interesting that a lot of Phase 4 projects did not get like the sequel announcements like moon knight eternals (laughs) we'll get to eternals um and like shang chi for example didn't get the sequel announcement at san diego comic-con but like with this and what we're going to talk about with eternals like we're obviously getting sequels and the mcu is set up in a way that there's probably always going to be a sequel to something so that was a little strange that we didn't get that but maybe those are even further out yeah because i mean that would make sense if it's a 2026 thing and that's why we didn't get it right because look at what you're talking about the only project from the television series that was announced to get a season two was loki and loki season two is phase five it's pretty soon it's like next summer i think yeah so yeah, if Moon Knight is like a early or mid-year 
2024 or 2025 project, then, or it would be 2025 if it's phase six. So yeah, I think that makes sense if they're either location scouting out there right now or doing any sort of prep work, pre-production, then yeah, makes sense. And you're right about the uh, announcement trend, right? So yeah. Speaking of... Patton Oswalt was on, what was he on, <laughs> GMA? It was like the... T- okay. So, Patton Oswalt was being interviewed and dropped the fact that... I don't know if he said he'd be returning, but he, he voiced Pip. He voiced the little goblin man that shows up with uh, Harry Styles, Star Fox, Eros at the end of Eternals post credit scene. Uh, he's his partner in crime. He just dropped on the show. He's like, oh, yeah, they just confirmed they're doing Eternals 2 and Chloe Zhao is returning to direct it. Uh, I, Patton Oswalt's whole brand is being, like, in touch with the nerd stuff, so I figure he probably follows Comic-Con, or maybe that was just an assumption. But, like, maybe he thought that... He's like, oh, they're announcing Eternals 2 at a convention but the convention was like D23 and then he thought it was like the Comic-Con that just happened. So maybe that's where the confusion came out. Um, are you surprised? Do you think anything's going to happen to Patton Oswalt? I don't know. No, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, think of all the, think of the way worse leaks that have happened from MCU actors, like character fates <laughs> that have been leaked by like Spider-Man or by Tom Holland or like Mark Ruffalo like so sort of the notorious leakers so yeah I, I think this isn't that big a deal it is really funny though that he's like so confident like yeah they just announced it so can't wait for more adventures of uh star fox and pip <laughs> and everyone watching this is like ah uh, no they did not they did not announce that you just did though so thanks yeah and again phase six makes a lot of sense that they show up uh once again around then right because I, I i think well phase six does start with fantastic four i believe that's the last movie of the year so phase six in its entirety is mostly 2025 right yes but yeah eternals 2 are you excited about eternals 2 are you interested in the prospect of eternals 2 no not at all but i am interested in like a potential rebound for this um i don't know i had a lot of issues with eternals i didn't like hate it or anything but um i i feel like it was one of those things where guardians had a really good job of like introducing a a, a rather large cast and making sure that you liked every character and by the end of eternals i really didn't like any of the characters and that was unfortunate to me that was kind of the big letdown so maybe like i mean technically there's a smaller (laughs) cast um potentially so maybe we can hone it in a little bit more with the characters we have left following some of the fates of those characters in the first movie so that's i mean there's a chance for me to be like okay now i actually like this but yeah no not really excited but what about you yeah i'm stoked i recently rewatched eternals and i i really like the movie uh i my main issue is the deviant the main guy we did not need that dude involved he took up like an extra 20 minutes that we could have spent on like letting the past stuff breathe that's my main criticism of the movie um 
like I, I think some of the, the 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 timing and dedication of certain characters was misplaced, and I would have liked it distributed a little differently. But in terms of what it did and like how it went against the grain, I really liked, and I I did enjoy a, a couple characters out of that cast, which I'm excited to see return. Um, and I think a, a benefit is probably that now that they're established for the most part, with the exception of uh, Star Fox, we probably aren't going to get much of the flashback stuff this time around. So I don't know if that uh, helps change your expectation going in at all, but I I'm definitely curious to see how they follow up after being... I'm not going to call it the most divisive MCU project because I feel like we've had a lot more lately between Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Thor Love and Thunder. I feel like those are a lot more like volatile, depending on who you ask. Yeah, I think th those are more high and lows, and this is kind of like... This seems somewhat more in the middle. But like I feel like the reactions to like Thor, for example, like I really dislike that movie, but there are other people who like really enjoyed that movie or same with like Dr. Strange. You and I really enjoyed that movie. A lot of people really disliked that movie and Eternals is like, you, you probably either like mostly enjoy it or like mostly kind of not enjoy it. It's not, it's not like, I don't know, very hyperbolic. I don't think. Yeah. Like I, I feel like even when it came out and since then, most of the dissenting, I get, well, I don't even know if it's dissenting cause it seems pretty split. Uh, the people who didn't really enjoy Eternals were kind of just like, I wouldn't watch it again. Like, I, yeah, it, it was it was fine. It's kind of where I'm at. I, I, and I haven't watched it again, but mm -hmm. maybe maybe I will. So we'll see what's in store for uh, Angelina Jolie and the gang in a tunnels. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, if, if this was a, a type of production, I believe it would probably be called that. Sure. So. Uh, the last thing, so we're outside of the phase six leak week. So I guess wrapping that up, do you expect all of these things to be announced officially at, uh, the D23 or whatever other events investor days are happening in the next couple months at the end of the year? Yeah, it, it seems like it. And it seems like all of the like phase four projects that don't have a sequel announced yet will probably get that. Yeah. So like this plus some other things like spider-man what's yes but well yeah i wonder if sony does that though that's a good point sony could do that but i'm thinking like what's Haley steinfeld gonna be up to like yeah sure. she get a hawkeye too um things like that sure so we will stay tuned on that front but in the meantime we got a development in the release schedule for Disney Plus and Marvel, She-Hulk is claiming a new day of the week. It is now going to be, I believe, Wednesdays we get Andor, Thursdays we get She-Hulk, starting with the premiere on August 18th. We're getting so close. <laughs> yeah, dude. So close to the day everyone wants. Who wants a third? Like... Thursday, better vibes than Wednesday, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. say. But come on, you're right there. Give us the Friday drop. Yeah, well, works out for us at least as a podcast that records on Thursdays, you know? Yeah, that that's nice. Watch it in the morning and then mm -hmm. good to go. 
yeah, stew on it for the day and then uh, sit down to talk about it at night. That, yeah, um, I, I still would be a big fan of, you know, live releases, but if they didn't do it for Obi-Wan Kenobi, I don't think they'll do it for anything. Um, regardless, I think, like you said, Thursday is a better vibe than Wednesdays. The number of days that uh, I woke up on Wednesday, and I, I love Ms. Marvel, I love that show, but... I was like, I'll watch it tomorrow before we record. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just I, I'm I I got other things to do. You know, like it's like Wednesdays is the day where like I try to do most of the things that I don't want to do. I don't want to ruin that flow and momentum by watching something I like. You know, yeah, and like we actively want to watch it as soon as possible. They just make it really inconvenient, like in the middle of the week, to be like, guess I'm waking up and watching this. Mm-hmm. at least like on a friday i loved the friday drops or be like sweet start of my weekend here we go we'll do this and then i have a day of work or whatever i have left of the week and like that is a great start to the weekend and now it's just like uh, all right whatever thursday like we said somewhat better somewhat but not much longer to wait now uh she hulk is do we know an episode count it's not gonna be another six episode thing Ooh. um i would assume six i'm gonna double check that right now cool but i i don't know well yeah that's basically it for everything that has happened this week in marvel um no, ooh, nine 30 minute episodes interesting i like that Mm-hmm. i think i like that too six is six is too short i think as we found out six is too long i think jack for some of the shows <laughs> you think so like what shows I, I really think Moon Knight could have been a four-episode thing and could have been incredible. Yeah. Instead of being six and good. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they, they have treated a lot of the shows like just really long movies, which I think has hindered them. So I think you probably got a point. Most of these should just have been movies. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I it seems like the shows now are more t- taking more of a traditional television approach. Like nine thirty minute episodes, okay, and then Daredevil maybe too many episodes with twenty four, but or was it eighteen? It was eighteen. Eighteen, yeah, yeah. So that's good at least. I just want the TV shows to actually feel like TV shows. Me too, and that's why I think She Hulk has a lot of potential to surprise, and I hope it delivers on that with a half hour sitcom, fourth wall breaking, rom com legal drama stuff. I think that could be cool. So yeah. That's coming up soon. That's uh, two weeks from today. Yes. So as a reminder, or I guess as a notice for the audience, uh, that week I am out of town. So the She-Hulk review will be however many episodes we have uh, the week of the second batch of episodes or second episode. I don't know how many are releasing at the premiere, but... Uh, when the Excelsior, the weekend of August 27th goes up, that is when you can expect to hear all our thoughts on She-Hulk, just as a heads up. Yeah, looking forward to it. Me too. In the meantime, Jack, we cracked open some comic books recently. Yep. Uh, well, I guess we turned on a tablet, because I read <laughs> digital comics, and I think you do too. Same. I also read this on my Kindle. Yes. So we have decided uh, in this sort of filler gap of no Marvel content to pursue where it all began. Not really 
in terms of the specific reading, but comic books as a medium. Uh, there's a story that I have read a couple years ago, years ago when it came out that I really enjoyed that I've talked to you about a bit. So we decided to read Spider-Man Life Story, dividing it into two separate conversations. So this episode, you're getting Spider-Man Life Story issues one through three. Next time you get an episode of Excelsior, you will hear episode or issues four through six discussed. Um, I guess starting off, Jack, since you are new to Spider-Man Life Story, basically the pitch, what did you know going in? How's it living up to your expectations about that? So I knew you described it like it was by the decades. So like 60s, 70s, 80s, and so on. I was thinking more it was like vignettes of like what was this incarnation of Spider-Man like in the 60s. But what I found out was it's like it's the same Peter Parker throughout the years, which I I think is really interesting. Like starting off him in the 60s, like more of a throwback to the old school comics of him in high school. And then in the 70s, he's like 30, like in issue two in the 70s. I think he's at age 30. And then in the 80s, he's probably in his 40s. Um, and that was so interesting. Like, I feel like we don't, nowadays, in more of, like, the mainstream takes on Spider-Man, we don't get the older Spider-Man, like, look into his life at, like, what he's like as a middle-aged man. I think Into the Spider-Verse was one of the more recent ones where we got, like, a glimpse into that. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. And, um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting concept of going from the decades and following the same Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's definitely in its own uh, multiverse. It's not, like, canon Spider-Man stuff because, as we'll get into, we're, we're sort of, like, hitting on beats that we're familiar with as fans of Spider-Man that are very pivotal for his life just being repurposed and slight variations on things to serve the multiple decade popping in to check with peter parker throughout his life approach that this story takes which i think is cool and um surprising for people who are very familiar with spider-man even like anecdotally some of his big stories that we don't have like first-hand experience with um being able to be surprised with some of the stuff like uh we'll get to is sort of like a peter parker dealing with the death of gwen stacy i'm using air quotes um in this sort of fashion in this take on the character so i i really like that about it in addition to the way it sort of like set dresses the rest of the marvel universe in this take and spider-man's relationship with all these other heroes i think it's super cool i think it's a nice isolated bubble and where I think another sort of standalone story, Spider-Man Blue, which I'm a huge fan of, this sort of gives you a better idea into Spider-Man as the hero rather than Spider-Man, but really Peter Parker, the human in Spider-Man Blue. That's how I personally feel about the distinction between the two of these. Sure. I was actually wondering about the tie-ins with the greater uh, Marvel um comics in this like they do touch on like secret wars as well as the at the very end of issue one it was like captain america in vietnam Mm -hmm. did those like tie in to comics outside of this because i was like 
the typical comic thing of like, oh, this is just a lead into like a side comic that you should go buy. Like you can turn to the end of the comic book and you can go find out where to buy that issue. Like that kind of what it seemed like to me in a way. Like was there a Captain America uh, issue or comic series based off of like where we find him in this? And like is the Secret Wars tie-in, is that tie-in to like the actual Secret Wars that was, wasn't that happening in 2019? Or was that earlier? So it, it felt like I couldn't tell if it was like what you're saying, like the nods to what was happening at various points. But to me, I was like, oh, this kind of just feels like it's like we're picking up from a point from a different comic series. So it's more so, I think, the nods and just like setting the tone, I think. So I, I don't think you're expected to have knowledge of Secret Wars because that's the um, the 70s issue, right, is where they cover Secret Wars stuff. That was in the eighties, where 80s? he like okay. Mary Jane has like the kids, and right? Okay, yeah, yeah. He comes back with the symbiote suit, right? So with the Secret Wars stuff, like I believe the initial run of Secret Wars, which is like the lambasted one that nobody likes, was going on in the eighties. So I think because this is a specific gotcha. multiverse take on Peter Parker, it's like, oh, this Peter Parker also experienced the Secret Wars, and that's kind of the end of it. So. Okay, I see. I was thinking of the more modern gotcha. Secret Wars, but I think that was in 2015. So I, was, I, I don't think this would have even gone along with that. So yeah, you're right. It seems like it's more of a, a tie-in. So that sort of alleviates a little bit of my issues. That, those are kind of my main concerns. I'm like, oh, like they're trying to sell me a Captain America <laughs> comic at the end of um, the 60s run. But I actually thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so... I definitely hear you where you're coming from with that. And honestly, I wish they were selling me a Captain America anti-Vietnam <laughs> War comic, dude. That That is some of the coolest... That's one of the coolest cliffhangers I've ever seen in a Spider-Man um, like issue ender where you get to hear about the conflict. It's like really the through line of the 60s uh, issue... And it ends off with Flash being like, hey, I'm shipping out. It's like, I want to help the country. I was inspired by Spider-Man and all that stuff. Um, and then we see Captain America defending the Viet Cong. And it's like, oh, Captain America's anti-America. I would be very curious to see, let's say, a very introspective, rated R, Logan-style film of Steve Rogers in his... Uh, 70s alt universe stuff dealing with that um because it's just a really cool concept and like obviously we see captain america go against the government a lot in a lot of his stories but this specific one like placing this as a period piece and being like hey captain america he would have been anti-war uh, for the vietnam war as many people were uh that i think is just such a cool nugget of information that i would really love to see explored somewhere else and to my knowledge that hasn't been done yeah i thought that was in a way unfortunately the most interesting part of that issue yeah um i thought the spider-man stuff was pretty cut and dry which i guess maybe that's the point like it's the 60s they're kind of just touching on like what you'd expect they would touch on like as like a teenage spider-man at that time yeah like we we've read everything that's happened in that issue in other iterations of the character 
in other like books and movies and things like that. So nothing really came as a surprise and nothing really jumped out as interesting aside from, uh, well, like even in Spider-Man blue flash goes off to war. And I think it's because of Spider-Man's, um, influence in some way. So like we, we've already gotten that. And, and in the new movies, flash is enamored by Spider-Man, but yeah, really the captain America stuff kind of was so interesting. Cause you get that conversation of him and Spider-Man being like, shouldn't we be doing more? And Cap's like, that's that's what I'm trying to think. Like, I'm going over there, and really, I want to see what's going on. And I like him being like, no, you're doing important work here, too. Like, don't don't feel like you're not doing anything that's not helpful. And I love, like what you're saying, like, at the end, realizing Cap's, like, went over there, figured out what was going on, and is so, like, idealistic where he's like, I need to do the right thing, and the right thing is standing up for these people who are being killed by um invaders essentially so that was very very interesting i do think it's unfortunate that spider-man kind of takes a backseat in terms of the interesting aspects of the issue yeah and i do think it's cool that they sort of um insinuate that there's like a micro marvel civil war happening there too because you see like iron man working with the united states like i i think that was very very interesting especially as like tony stark being this billionaire who we all love in the movies but like he's definitely done some terrible things in the movies that we don't really think about or talk about much in the comics it's way more amplified so right the idea that the man who was a war profiteer is being a war profiteer like yeah tracks you know <laughs> like that makes sense yeah it also reminds me of uh watchmen i don't know if did you ever read that or watch the show maybe uh i apologize my only experience with watchmen is the Zack snyder film i'll tell you what no need to apologize. That's Zack Snyder's best movie. Hey. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but in that, like, canon, I suppose, like, the heroes went over to Vietnam and, like, won the war. And Vietnam became, like, the 51st state of the United States. Hmm. So, like, it, that kind of reminded me of that. But this this was a little more, like, there was a clear division with, like, some of the heroes not really knowing what to do and taking other sides as we saw so that was cool i agree um the 70s issue dives a little deeper into some of the weirdness of spider-man where they adapt some of those things that i was talking about because you're right the 60s one is definitely like oh this is teenage spider-man high school spider-man uh dealing with teen drama stuff in this period but with the 70s one it brings in elements of the death of Gwen Stacy, uh, the clone saga in a way that I know when it came out at the time, I remember some people being hesitant about seeing the story work in some of those things of clones, because again, it, the clone saga is like, I haven't read it, but it is an infamous, awful era of Spider-Man. And I think that was in the nineties that saga came out. Yeah, that's right. So, when you when you saw that when you were reading and you realized what was going on with the clone stuff and like sort of adapting that and the death of Gwen Stacy did you like how it was implemented in the execution of that or did you be like oh clones what is this star wars yeah i was really conflicted about this issue i think it's my favorite of the 3 but i also feel like i have the most issues with it mm-hmm. like I really enjoyed 
or I thought it was very interesting where we start off with Peter talking to a grave and it's like, oh, he's talking to Uncle Ben. And he's like, oh, he's feeling guilty. And Gwen's like, oh, it's that anniversary again. Of course, like, I know you're going to be here. And they like cut to Flash Thompson's grave. So like Peter has that guilt that Flash died in the war, presumably, um, which I thought was a very interesting mm-hmm. take on that. And they didn't go for the Uncle Ben route. But then like we have... Um, like him working with Reed Richards, which I thought was cool. And then it, and then like Mary, I do like Mary Jane sort of freaking out on him and being like, dude, I, I know like you, it's not a well kept secret for me. Like I, I know your secret. So I thought that was interesting, but, um, didn't love the clone stuff. That's when I was like, nah, I don't, I don't really feel the weight of this. And I was actually kind of confused. Like I had to reread it again. I was like, oh, she's, she's the clone that survived like it, it, it was a little unclear at the moment and it mm-hmm. didn't feel as like i'm thinking of like the death of gwen stacy and amazing spider-man 2 and that had so much weight to it and in this like she kind of has like an off panel death and it's like eh, i didn't love that yeah and i i like because from what we know like uh the gwen stacy death uh, is very tied to the goblin in the initial run and the initial death of Gwen Stacy comic. And then as well in amazing Spider-Man two, which is like the notable adaptation of that, uh, we get Harry Osborn as the goblin. And then here we also get just sort of a, another rendition, another, uh, color wheel goblin character. Um, yeah. Acting black goblin. This one. Yes. The black goblin, uh, sort of, giving this peter parker that story beat so again i think that's one of the cool things about life story is that it it is in a way sort of doing what you expected when you started at the top of this of like oh yeah what was relevant to peter parker and spider-man story-wise in these decades is going to be sort of a a vignette check-in and they're sort of doing that but it's not like the big it's on the bridge and then when the symbiote comes into play it's not like oh yeah this is just exactly how we all know the symbiote story so on that level i enjoy it but yeah as far as the clone stuff goes i i was sort of indifferent about it um you're like it's definitely a less gruesome gwen death it's more of like a well, it's kind of because, like, Peter doesn't realize it either, right? It's like, yeah. oh, okay. It's sort of like a retrospective, oh, no, it's not necessarily like a, oh, shit, sort of thing. No, it's weird. Because, like, he's kind of cracking jokes, like, oh, uh, the, like, the, I forget, like, the exact terminology, but he's like, oh, like, the fake Peter didn't make it, um, or fake Peter is the only one who made it, which, uh... And I get, well, I guess the clone of Gwen did, but it was like kind of confusing at the time in that sense. I'm like, all right, what's happening here? It was not great. It wasn't great execution, I think. For sure. So you said this was your favorite issue. Um, and based off of what you said about the 60s one, it sounds like that was your least favorite one. Um, I don't know. I'm a little conflicted on the 80s issue i don't think that really stuck with me too much okay um so not that i disliked any of these really but yeah i have you know i have my 
issue critiques with um, probably all three, but but I I did enjoy them for sure. So yeah, with the '80s issue, a lot of the I think takeaway from it is the fallout with Peter and Mary Jane, which um, I again I think is like something that we're used to seeing Spider-Man have relationship troubles, but seeing them again skip ahead, they're married now, they're expecting children, um, and just sort of when we reach the end of the issue, just the separation of them. I, I think that is the standout, but in terms of sort of like the adapting of the death of Gwen Stacy in the last issue, this one sort of basically fully rips Craven's last hunt, like almost identically with uh, him showing up, Craven's motivation, what he does to Peter, the symbiote saving the day, like that sort of stuff. Um, so actually, I don't remember. Have you read Craven's last hunt? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I don't mind up for spoilers or anything, but yeah, yeah that I, I knew like it's obviously Craven's involved, so it seemed probably similar, but I didn't realize it was like that one for one. Yeah. One to one isn't exactly the correct phrasing, so let me like backpedal that a little bit, but like it's fully evocative. Like, right. Think of, um, oh, what's a good example of this? Uh, I was going to try to compare it to like a video game remake that doesn't change that much, but like, it's still like you'd get something different if you experience the original versus the remake, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like so. maybe resident evil two. Yes. Great example. Not that I've played the original. I'm playing through the remake right I now. Know. I know. <laughs> <Great> I haven't <laughs> either, but yeah. So, um, any other standouts though, from that issue or any other things that either are, a benefit or something that you didn't enjoy um i think going f i'm glad we did like the the stop here because now i have like now i can go into the next three with different expectations being like okay this is sort of set in its own like there's it's this isn't like going to tie into and you know how like so many different comics are it's like yeah we have this run but it's also like we're going to tie into like five different other comics along the way um i'm glad it's not like that even though like at parts it seemed like it was but i know that going forward so that that'll be good to know um and i think i'm really just really interested in the fact that it's following the same peter parker throughout the decades so like let's see where he's at in the 90s seems like he's going to be on his own like after the separation 2000s we're probably going to get some sam raimi references <laughs> i gotta i gotta imagine um so yeah i i think that's a really very very interesting stylistic and narrative choice to follow peter till he's like pretty old uh didn't really expect that going into this i really thought i would just be like kind of like an ageless like how the simpsons don't age and yeah. like cartoons don't age i kind of felt like it was gonna be like that uh so I, i'm really actually very glad that they decided to like age peter along the decades that's a really good choice yeah and like you led with it's sort of rare to see right like you did give the example of uh peter b parker in spider-verse but like the um the thing that's weird with spider-man is that like he started his career when he was like 15 14 right mm -hmm. so he can be spider-man for multiple decades and still be like oh he's 30 something i was like yeah he's been doing this for two decades so like it's, it kind of reminds me of um, Insomniac Spider-Man, where when 
they initially started revealing stuff about it, I think before we even saw Peter, they were like, he's in his prime. He's like eight years into his career. And I was like, oh, so he's probably like older than we are used to seeing. And then when the game came out, I was like, oh, no, he's like 24. <laughs> like, that's yeah, pretty young still. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to continue on and hear your thoughts on the rest of the uh the mini series because I, I do think it experiments with the character in some fun ways that uh we haven't seen too much of so yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it and these are like really quick to get through mm-hmm. like i was it they're not vignettes but in a way they kind of are because it's like all right this is like the vibes of the 60s right now and like the gist of what's going on with the character interactions and now we're in the 70s and like what what's kind of what do you infer has happened between that decade mm-hmm. and like now in the 80s like oh they've married they're having kids their relationship is like really not great right now so i i think that's a really really good insight and like filling in the gaps between the decades is really uh pretty interesting as well so i like yeah I, i'm i'm really enjoying it so far even though i have like some critiques here and there nice yeah this is definitely between the spider-man like miniseries books that i've read blue is still my number one and this is probably like it's up there i don't know if it's like immediately right behind blue but um i i am a fan of life story i think it's a fun take on the character and uh yeah we will have more to say once we explore the what 90s 2000s and 2010s so yeah Looking forward to it. Hell yeah. Well, Jack, until then, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at FascinatedJack. What about you, Christian? You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2. You can find the show on Twitter at ExcelsiorJC. Or you can find it on YouTube when the video version goes live every weekend. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Excelsior. Avengers podcast, Marvel's Avengers podcast, or Joy Clicks, you will find it. You can also rate a review on that platform of choice because it's very easy. It's very quick. Just takes a second, helps us out. We appreciate it very much. And if you want to support the shows even more, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that will do it for this week's Excelsior. Uh, Jack, as always, it's a pleasure. Yes, always a pleasure. And we will fill another gap with Spider-Man, as we always do. Looking forward to She-Hulk, but until then, Excelsior. Excelsior.